It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, July 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is starting to get a little concerned about that cap crunch with the Owen Tippett signing. Yeah, it's it's, it's real now. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to be talking about the Owen Tippett contract. We are going to talk about the Rocky Thompson hire as being official. Then we're going to talk about Bryce Brzezinski and do a prospect profile there and get to a few of your mailbag questions. So lots to get to today. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So check us out over there as well. All right, Russ. So two weeks later, we get official word from the Flyers that Rocky Thompson is officially hired as an assistant coach. For John Tortorella's staff, it is understood that he will run the power play and the offensive side of things. And we did talk about him a couple of weeks ago when the rumor was posted. I think it was Elliot Friedman who Mm -hmm. had said that he was the guy. And uh, he has an interesting history with uh, the San Jose Sharks as an assistant coach. He was with the Chicago Wolves in the AHL before that, um, but had some real big success in the AHL. Yeah, there's no question he had success, and and he's well-liked for the most part, got into a little issue because his, of, of what he says are his health reasons that he couldn't get vaccinated. Okay, you hope that that somehow resolves itself because otherwise I don't know how he's going to travel to Canada to play, but we'll worry about that down the road. But the only thing I question here is where is his on his resume? Where does it say he is a power play specialist? Yeah, that is the one missing part of it. I mean, obviously as an AHL coach, you do a lot more than you would in the NHL. It's more specialized. And so he can run a power play. Um, again, when this news first came out, I had talked to somebody who covers the Sharks and they said that he was pretty flexible and could really run anything you asked him to. Uh, but at that time, he was on the PK and D side of things in his last season with San Jose, which was two seasons ago at this point. Um, because like you said, with the vaccination issues, he couldn't work in the NHL last season. But yeah, I think it is a a good question mark to have. I I do think that one thing that seems to be the case with John Tortorella, and like when we talked to Allison Lucan about things, that um, he is a guy who is a good communicator, right? 
And mm-hmm. so we, the combination of Brad Shaw, who, according to Allison, is a real good X's and O's guy, and Rocky Thompson, who's a good communicator, that seems to be a good balance of assistant coaches to have. Okay. Understand all that. But understand me having PTSD from the all former coaches assistants that Elaine Vigneault had set up. And that became pretty dysfunctional after a while. And so, again, if I'm hiring a guy like this, I would like to be able to point to something and say, hey, Rachel, look, even in the AHL, he had the sixth best power play. I've got nothing to point to here. I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I just, I'm trying to find the logic in this hire and this combination <laughs> here. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll turn out. I think it's different. It could be good. Than, I mean, I'm just, I'm just giving yeah. you like, you know, if I'm, if, you know, if I'm out in the business world and I'm hiring somebody and I'm hiring them for a specific thing, it's kind of like I'm hiring it, it, the way I see this is kind of like I'm hiring this guy that I like. We all vibe together. We're all good coaches you're going to run the power play. And since you've been on teams that have had power plays and with some success, we're going to let you do it. But me, I'm looking for a guy that's been running a power play for three or four years that could point to, Hey, this guy has had a real formula for success there. I can't do that right now. So right now I'm just, I'm hoping. Absolutely. Totally understand. I do think it's different than the Vigneault situation just because those were all three former head coaches and Bradshaw and Rocky Thompson have not been head coaches. No, no, and I'm not like dragging Bradshaw into this. I mean, okay. he, I, I get, I totally get his hire. I do. All right. Uh, moving over to the Owen Tippett signing. This was breaking news this morning, where he signed a two-year deal for 1.5 per year. And I just want to say that I went back to my cap spreadsheet and my lines uh, document and I had penciled in 1.5 for Owen Tippett so I'm feeling pretty good about my predictive self on this front no and you should I mean and you shouldn't be paying him any more than that honestly he's got a lot to prove and he's got just enough flash to get that 1.5 but now if he wants to get that next contract he's got to start scoring exactly and I do think it's a little bit of an overpay I just thought that the Flyers would overpay him. I think probably 1 to 1.2 was the right number for him. Right. Yeah, 1.2 would have been ideal, yes. Yeah, but just knowing the Flyers and a guy like this, 1.5 seemed like where they would end up. And lo and behold, that's where he was. And yeah, I think that he's going to have to step up his game quite a bit this upcoming season. We've talked about him having to improve his shot a lot with the accuracy that he takes plenty mm-hmm. of shots and it's a good quality shot in terms it's the of release and not thinking yeah, about it and getting yeah, it on net. It's exactly. that combination. And you know what? Here's the difference. Mike Yo had all the time in the world because Mike Yo kind of knew that he couldn't really do anything wrong. He could only do something right. If things worked out, this is John Tortorella. I don't know if, you know, if we go through last season and the struggles Owen Tippett had, I don't know how long he would stay on the top power play. Honestly. I don't either. I, I think he'll start out on the second unit for sure. Probably. And, and then we'll we'll see what happens from there. Especially, I think it'll depend a lot on what happens on the defensive side of things and this new power play setup. If they decide to go their second unit with two D or not, how right. that all 
how that all plays out, but I certainly expect Tippett to be a big part of whatever power play they're they're putting together for this upcoming season. Uh, it does get us finally to the point where the Flyers are officially over the cap um, without... You knew, you knew we'd get there, Rachel. It was just a matter I of time. Know. Yeah, without a Ryan Ellis uh, LTIR. Right. So yeah. it seems like he's going to be LTIR, but we don't know that for sure. Um, and there's still a couple of RFAs left to sign, including the arbitration for Zach McEwen. Well, think about it. If he wasn't going to be LTIR, and I don't know, I don't know the number today. You could tell me if you know it. Um, and based on these future signings, there would be no way to back out when Ryan Ellis's salary hit the books. Like, they would have to do something drastic quickly, and I don't think they're set up for that. So I think, you know, it's pretty telling. It is. And I also don't know what's going to happen with Joel Farabee if they're going to start right. him LTIR for the season as well, or he's just going to be on the injured list. Uh, it'll mm -hmm. depend on his recovery. So there's a little bit of flexibility there, I think, that we just don't know about yet. But it's certainly starting to feel a little bit tighter in the financial world for the Flyers. No, it is. And... Uh, much like when Ron Hextall first took over and there were like daily cap movements of players, you know, paper-wise and otherwise, I think they might be doing that again this year. Yep, it seems like it. Well, we'll see what happens with the other RFAs and see what this cap crunch looks like as we get closer to the season with some injury status as well. Uh, we are going to talk about Bryce Brodzinski, who was at Dev Camp over the last week and uh, really stood out a little bit. So we thought we'd dig deeper into his prospects coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's delicious. Indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are 160 calories, and there are a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be, perfect. It'll be a perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is that all the bars are made of collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. All right, Bryce Brodzinski, he is a right wing, currently unsigned, but was drafted in 2019 in the seventh round, 196th overall, and has spent the last three years at the University of Minnesota, and, you know, has had a, a decently successful career there. Uh, this past season in 39 games, 12 goals, 14 assists for 26 
points. We did talk about him a little bit when we were discussing the Frozen Four tournament this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minnesota had made it to the semifinals. They lost to Minnesota State there. But I think that, you know, he is has taken a leadership role at Minnesota. And he is, I think, at least for me, uh, outplayed expectations as a seventh round draft pick. Yeah, no question. I mean, you know, you have him sort of pegged as a as a fourth line guy, which is fine. Uh, you always have to get every spot filled on your roster. So there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, he, as a right wing, he knows how to play off the boards. He uh, tracks the puck very well. He's always engaged. He engages physically. There's things that uh, I like about him where he works really hard in the dirty areas. He will go to the net. He will screen the goalie. He'll do those little things. He's a smart player on the ice. He's done a lot with his edge work. So now, even mm-hmm. though he, his, um, that's something I noticed in, in this camp. So I felt like his maneuverability was better. And, you know, you're seeing the goal total rise in college because he's gotten stronger and probably because of that skating uh, improving. So these are things that are right on track for the Flyers. And, you know, he'll go through a senior year. Uh, at Minnesota. And then, you know, you hope that the Flyers sign him and he wants to sign with the Flyers because I think he is a good developmental guy to have. You have him, you put him in Lehigh. Lehigh needs players like this. Uh, you can have him there for a couple of years. You know, no offense to like a Max Wilman, but this would be like a, a guy with maybe a little bit more ability than a Max Wilman as far as to, to score a little bit as far as doing those other things. So that's something where, you know, the Flyers are going to need that. And you want to, have, you know, have some sandpaper guys and he can provide that, too. So I, I think um, he has uh, out kicked his coverage right now. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I think having him in Lehigh Valley would be a good thing for that team overall. I think that having a guy who's hungry like that uh, is always a positive thing and could really slot in I don't know if you'd put him on the first line although they tend to rotate guys through that anyway but, yeah he could be first second he could but, he could play those things in the AHL for sure probably second line for the AHL yeah and that's where I like the flexibility right where you mm-hmm. feel like you can give him a couple different roles to play and see where he fits best see what player right. combinations work best and you're not risking very much by giving him those opportunities at all no. because he's the kind of guy that is going to step up to the challenge again because he is exceeding expectations but he comes from that really strong background at University of Minnesota and understands the discipline and the physicality and you know he is older he's 21 so he's a little bit more grown into himself he's six yep. feet I think yep. right ab- yeah. right about yeah, over so, 200 pounds yep yeah so he's not like massive but he's big enough that i think he can use his physicality to his advantage mm-hmm. and I, I just really like that for lehigh valley yeah and then, you know and his brother broke through with the rangers so he's got something to kind of work mm-hmm. off of and and that's good uh maybe he has a little bit more offensive potential than his brother i'm not saying he's going to be a big time scorer don't don't get it twisted but i'm just saying because of what he does and where he does it uh there is possibility for goals certainly at lehigh and that's uh, you know they always need goals. So, so what stood out to you about his play at development camp? Yeah, it was definitely um, his skating and his edge work, and I felt like um, his stick drills were really good. Those were the um, three things that that really stood out for me. And 
again, like you said, he's a little bit older. So, you know, compared to some of the others, maybe that's a reason. But, you know, even in the shooting drills, his shot was was pretty fluent, a little bit more than I that I remembered it being um, from a year ago. So there's just this overall good development that seems to have happened here at the age of 21. Like that's not, you know, a big surprise. So I think we're seeing him, you know, reach a certain talent level here now and getting through a development camp at this time should mean a big upcoming season for him. I think so too. And the thing is though, he has to get signed in order to play with Lehigh Valley. And yeah, I I don't know what's going on with that. I certainly would have him signed. Uh, Hopefully that is the, uh, the deal, but has he, Definitely turn pro, or can he go back to Minnesota? Um, I'm not sure. I think he can go back to I think Minnesota. he can go back. So even if he went back, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I, I think I personally would prefer if he signed and spent this next year with Lehigh Valley. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I mean, it's his life. Obviously, he can do what he wants. He may It's also like- a cap thing, too. Maybe the cap is yeah. not going to allow it. Yeah, it's just that there's a greater chance of him walking, which in the grand scheme of things is not the biggest deal in the world uh, no. for a guy like him. Um, but you kind of want go. guys like this around, like mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. You need some of these kinds of guys, and I feel like he's a good team guy. Right, and and that's where I land, and that's why I would want to sign him and stick him in Lehigh Valley because you yeah. want to ensure that he is a guy that will stick. Right. Mm-hmm. And that even if he's like a Lehigh Valley player for the next three years and maybe gets a shot, that's okay with me too. I think that those kinds of players are important. Yeah, they are important. So let's hope that it works out for him one way or the other, but we wanted to at least point out his good play. And, you know, right now he's still a uh, property of the flyer. So. Right. And like you said, his brother Johnny is in the Rangers organization, um, yeah. has spent some time with the Rangers and also in the AHL um for, for their team there as well i always love seeing brothers play up against each other in these oh yeah games. it's always fun so i think we had the water spoons up against each other yep. for a little bit at the ahl level and um, it's hell for the parents though it, it's it not is easy for them. yeah and i think we had the kashas one day too mm-hmm. with andre and david so and the Van um, Reeves likes, of course. Uh, of course, yeah. They're they're solidly at the NHL level. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I always love that. But again, really hope that the Flyers figure out a way to fit Bryce Brodzinski into the contract situation and get him some time in Lehigh Valley. It'd be great. I'd like to see that. All right. Uh, We will be hitting the mailbag coming up next. All right, Russ, before we get into mailbag questions, just want to give a quick uh, best wishes to Bobby Ryan. Um, Obviously, with the news out there that he had a relapse um, and was arrested Uh, has said that he feels terrible about it. Of course, recovery is a long process and has many pitfalls. And we just want to send our best wishes out to him. Yeah, we wish him well. All right. Our mailbag starts with a question from Craig. Uh, He noticed that the Flyers did not have Jay O'Brien at dev camp. What's going to happen with him? Is he a wasted draft pick? 
Well, for as long as you're in the college system, I think you could only go to one dev camp and you have to go on your own dime. So I think that's the main reason why. And since he is still in college, um, he went already. I think he was at one before. Pretty sure. He was. And he also um, is injured. He had hip surgery. Right. So there's that too. And um, it seems like he's going to be ready for college this fall for his next season for BU. So hopefully we'll get to see him play there to see what his progress has been and and how that recovery is going. But I, I don't think we can call it a wasted draft pick quite yet. But there's certainly some risk involved at this point. It's 50-50. It's I mean, injury. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to tell you it's all going to work out and it's going to be great. I think it's a 50-50 deal right now. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, next question. We've been getting this a lot, actually, from many people over on YouTube with uh, the wanting the Flyers to make additional moves. And they they have said they are done. So I guess the question is, and this comes from many people, like I said, are the Flyers really done or are they just saying they're done? No, they're done. I think they were done when they told us we were, they were done and nobody wanted to accept that. And But I think we have to start to accept the fact that they're done. Yeah, they might invite some you know some people into training camp, but I think they're done until that. I think so, too. I, I think we have to believe them. And especially because, again, there are some additional RFAs to be signed. There's this cap situation. They could be making trades like we have talked about that. Yeah, but you can make a trade dollar for dollar. You can. Mm-hmm. They could. And, you know, we've made some suggestions to them over the past couple of weeks about trades that could work. But it just seems like that's not something they're interested in. Right nope. now that, that this is the roster that they want. It's very frustrating, I, I think, for a lot of people. And we certainly you can see it's in between. You could see it's like not your typical rebuild roster where you're devoid of a lot of talent. And then it's not your typical playoff roster where you have a lot of talent. It's just kind of in that mushy middle. And that's why you know that you can improve this team. It wouldn't be hard. Exactly. So again, get the frustration, but it seems like they are actually done. All right, next question. What are the expectations for Sean Couturier going into the season and when do we expect him back at 100%? Well, I, I'm i expecting him at 100% to start the season. My expectations would be 1C, 70 points. I think that's a pretty high threshold for for points, but I don't think it's unreasonable either. I think it's hard to imagine a Flyers player at this point, given how last year went getting to that threshold. But at the same time, if he's your 1C and he's at 100%, which I agree he should be at 100% coming into next season, 70 points sounds absolutely reasonable to me. Um, I mean, I'll say it like this. Mm -hmm. If he's not 100%, and he ends up with like 50 points, then you know this is going to be a truly abysmal season, like even worse than we thought. Yeah, I think so too. I I just think that there's going to be a lot on his shoulders this season. I think. But he gets paid a lot. Like this is, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you have to live up to your paycheck sometimes. Yeah, and especially given that there are pretty good odds he'll get the C as well. I think he's going to really have to go that extra mile and and yep. hit hit a level that we would have expected from him this past season had the injury 
not been there. I think, you know, having him as really the the lead two-way center for this team is what's important. I think also, obviously, it's going to depend on what Kevin Hayes does as well in terms of what his usage ends up being. But, but for Coots, yeah, this is a big, big year for him. Yeah, I mean, if you want the Flyers to be hard to play against, he's the first guy you look at. Like, he has mm-hmm. to be hard to play against. Exactly, exactly. All right, last question. Uh, with Owen Tippett signing, how many goals will we expect from him this year? All right, I am going to go between 12 and 17. That's my range. Yeah, I was going to say 15 as well. And I think depending on who his line mates are, you know, if if they have that Morgan Frost or Noah Cates combo where they mm-hmm. seem to be working well together, I think he could have a lot more assists than we would have expected as well right. because I think they're going to have some really dynamic passing between them if the end of this past season is any indication. But mm-hmm. I think as far as goals, um, I would expect around 15 and I would expect um, if he gets the ice time, more of them to be on the power play than at even strength. Right. No, I agree with that. All right. Uh, that will do it for the mailbag today. Wrapping up with our Flyers slash Gritty thing of the week. Um, the Flyers had their community caravan over the past several weeks, hitting all sorts of locations. They wound up with Flyers Community Day, I think, at Voorhees at the training center. And so they had a big celebration with Tony D'Angelo and Joel Farabee mm-hmm. and Patrick Brown. Uh, Gritty was there as well with all the fans. They had different activities and autograph signings as well. So Flyers put out a compilation of the events from that day, which looked like a lot of fun. And uh, despite you know some of the feelings surrounding the team I think people still had a good time and uh, it seemed like at least Tony D'Angelo was kind of soaking in the Flyers fandom for the first mm-hmm. time so yeah that's good I mean there's it. no reason to if you're a fan to not have a good time still doesn't mean you can't have a discerning eye when it comes to what your expectations are for the team those are two different things absolutely absolutely and you know it's always good to get to meet players one-on-one and get get those autographs and I love all of that so I am glad they were able to do that again this summer and uh, hopefully we'll see more of that with community activities heading into the season especially around training camp yeah it'll be good All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday. We'll have the latest Flyers news, our nemesis of the week. And we just had a mailbag. So if you want your question answered in our next mailbag, send in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com or pop a comment over on YouTube as well. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. I'm on the Friday show, and on today's show, we talked about some rule changes in the NHL that we'd like to see, so check that out as well. Have a good weekend, everyone.